On today's show, the Mavericks lost a couple of games over the weekend, and we got to check in. Where are the Dallas Mavericks right now? Where are they going? And two conversations from the weekend about Jason Kidd's not built for defense comment and about Desmond Bain. Got to talk about both of those. And coming up today, if the Mavericks roster was an Olive Garden menu, which player would be which item? On today's Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. Hey, hey, Dallas Mavericks are NBA champions. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and manager of the Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor, writer at Mavs.com. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every single day. Remember, Locked On Mavs is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out prizepicks.com. Use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks, daily fantasy made easy. And joining me. As always, my co-host, writer, contributor at Mavs.com. The Monday machine, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Well, congratulations to the person who finally guessed what jersey is over my left shoulder. If you're listening to the audio format on podcast, this is why you need to listen on YouTube sometimes. But I try to swap out the jerseys, and this is an old sounds jersey. It's Collis Jones. And uh, I like some old re- retro jerseys. So shout Sounds. out to the person on Twitter who uh, correctly guessed it. There you go. Shout out to them. All right. On today's show, the Mavericks lost a couple of games this weekend. And Isaac and I did solo shows over the weekend. So if you want to listen, if you want to hear about both of those shows, go check out those. We did. We've committed every single every single game. We're going to do a post game. We've done that for now. This is our third year, fourth year doing every single game. Third year, I think, in a row we've done that. Um, but all right. The Dallas Mavericks have lost seven of their last nine games. Oh my gosh, are you serious? Isn't that crazy? I haven't even thought Two about it. Two and seven like in their last nine. Oh they lost seven of their last nine games. Luca has missed four of those games. So you kind of just, I just kind of throw those games out, right? Is that fair? Yeah. Because we all know that this team is nothing without Luca. It's just kind of the way that it is, it's the way that this, this team is built. Yeah. It's the way that a lot of those, a lot of teams are built. Like the only ones that, I mean, the Lakers are kind of like that right now, even though they shouldn't be because they have two all-stars without LeBron. They're not built it, different. They're not built different. <laughs> they're built differently than a team with three all-stars on it should be, <laughs> should be <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, you know, but if any team misses their, you know, all-star like this, they would, they would, you know, be down a little bit. But the Mavericks well, seem to be way down more so than others. So have you changed any of your expectations? Have you changed any of what you think about this team, what they're capable of based on this recent stretch? No, I still haven't changed expectations. I think it still stays the same for me. Get to the second round, uh, win that first round of the playoffs. I just need a little bit more time for me to really freak out and be like, hey, just make the playoffs. That's all I'm asking at this point. I should have the record pulled up in front of me and tell you what place in the Western Conference they are because you know what? That's kind of your that's kind of your deal. That's my thing right now. But um I mean, no, it's just nothing. I mean, like you said, everything for them hinges on Luka. And for most teams out there missing their superstar, all-star guy, it's a huge deal. Unless it's some of these teams that have added through you know, free agency, 
They've hit on another big draft pick. Like if Giannis goes down, they at least still have Chris Middleton. They still have Drew Holiday, something like that. Um, you know, if if you know John Morant goes down, they have another All Star, future MVP, and Desmond Bain that's leading them with you know Jaron Jackson Jr. and so it's just when teams have a supporting cast, it's just Dallas has kind of struggled a little bit with that uh, of late. The reason why you've t- you've turned on, you know, you've turned on, I don't know, us or somebody or another show. You've logged into Reddit, you've logged onto Twitter, and you've you've been looking at Mavs Twitter, and everyone just seems like everything is is awful. It seems like it's the worst. Say, so, oh, all of a sudden this team went from, you know, oh they're fourth in the West. Can this team stay fourth in the West to? Everything sucks and nothing is ever going to get better. It's because the way the maps have played. Yes, Luca has been out, but it's the way that the pieces without Luca have looked that has just taken everybody from, okay, I think I'm going to be be fine with this team. Maybe they can can accomplish their goals they want to, to man, it's just been bad, right? Outside of that Tim Hardaway Jr. fourth quarter against Memphis the other day, he's been just brutal. Reggie Bullock has not been the 40% three-point shooter the Mavs expected. You know, Porzingis has missed some more games. And just down the line, then the Mavericks don't have anybody else really to turn to for offense. If if Brunson has been injured for a little bit, he's he's scored a little bit as of late, but he's not been the same player that he was. He was dominating before the injury. And so now all of a sudden, where are the Mavericks now? Is it as bad as it seems? Well, I think it. I was just talking to somebody uh, at church uh, this morning or yesterday morning. You listen to this on Monday. And, you know, we kind of just glance at each other. We, we, you know, both Mavs people and they're like, man, those Mavs. And it's just kind of like this <laughs> mm, type of, you know, type of look. But the first thing I said to me is like, you know, the difference this year is because there's firm expectations. Expectations yeah. just change everything. Like you go back. I was looking at, you know, before this pod, I was looking at past drafts over the past 10 years. And it's like, man, look at the, you know, you go back to 2017 Dennis Smith Jr.'s draft. It's like there's no expectations those years. They're like everybody just collectively knew that the Mavericks are just going to suck. And the only like we've been doing this pod, you know, for what, over five years now and look back at the things that are coming off five years, whatever it is, around five years. And it's like, look at all the stretches from, you know, the end of Dirk's career. And it's like, ah, they were like really sucked. And, you know, bringing on Luca over the past, you know, a couple of years. And then it's like Luca's a rookie. He's kind of above the timeline. He's, you know, so good, so fast. But even then it's like, well, we're not expecting a title run with Luca as a rookie. It was just, there's been no expert, like everybody's been in the same boat. So then bam, we've entered this kind of like twilight part of the timeline of, okay, Luca's been in the league for a couple years. He's an MVP favorite now going into the season. So now there's an expectation from everybody from the outside, from the you know, like local, from media, from everything of, this team has to make a, a playoff run, make it to the next round of the playoffs, be a secret, you know, finals type team. So all of that's going to say of if they suck, then it's going to feel like and there's going to be an extra amount of scrutiny, backlash, arguments, feelings, everything. So um, time to just buckle up because we're going to be in this twilight you know, era of the Mavs as long as Luca's wearing a Mavericks jersey. But are they as bad as they seem right now, right? Are they as bad as, as some of these losses? Now, the loss to the Pelicans was with Luca. That was probably the worst loss of the season. The Cleveland mm. loss before that was the worst loss of the season. That one was with Luca. Uh, the Washington loss was a brutal loss that the Mavericks, uh, you know, failed in, in, in the clutch when they hadn't this season so far. Uh, 
Is there something to to be said or to pull from those games? It's interesting. I, I, I think that there's still a good team inside this team. I think that's my takeaway still from all this. There's still a good team inside this. They're not the they're not the two and seven team, but they're also probably not the what did they start? They, they, this season they started like, you know, uh eight and three or nine and three or seven and three or something like that. I don't think they're that team, and I don't think they're this team, right? They're like a couple games above 500 team, and there still is a good team in there. It's just going to take a couple of things in order for them to be uh, the type of team that the Mavericks expect themselves to be and to get to the point where, all right, the good part, the good team is actually shining through all this. So coming up, let's get into Jason Kidd's comments over the weekend about how this team is built. How can they get to where they want to be? I think part of it is coming down to coaching, and I think Jason Kidd's comments over the weekend had a lot to do with it, a lot of uh, of. A lot of interesting things we can take from his comments over the weekend about how the Mavericks are not built to play defense. We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is NBA daily fantasy made easy. It is super easy, and they offer more NBA props than any other daily fantasy prop operator. They offer all the superstar players as well as bench players, only rec- recording a handful of minutes each game. If you could bet on one most random Prize Picks. Player, Isaac, who would it be? Desmond Bain, future MVP. <laughs> I bet you can bet on Desmond Bain right now. If you go to Prize Picks right now, you can check it out. You can bet on Lonzo Ball right now, 12 and a half points. You can go ahead and put the over under 12 and a half points for Lonzo. Let's say, all right, I'm feeling I'm feeling good about Lonzo. Let's do the over. We'll let's do uh let's Vooch. do something with Lamelo. Vooch is I don't think I don't, I don't have Lamelo on this one, not yet. But Vooch, 17 and a half points. I'm taking the under on that. You can do that. Put down 20 bucks and you could win 40. Put down 100 and you could win $200. So go check it out. Prize Picks. Use the promo code NBA. You can get a 100% instant match up to $100. PrizePicks.com. Promo code NBA. Also, want to tell you about directtv.com. Isaac, how can you watch the Dallas Mavericks this year? You know what? If you sign up for directtv.com, they can hook you up to watch the Dallas Mavericks. Direct TV stream is so good that Mark Cuban bought 10,000 subscriptions to it and he's, he started giving them away to Mavs Mark fans. Mark dropped so, like $3 million for so fans can, in Dallas so to watch So fans can watch the Dallas Mavericks, uh, this version of the Dallas Mavericks. Hopefully the hopefully the better version is the one he expected. But uh, you can watch it on Direct TV stream. You can put get it all together. Brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. No more juggling remotes. No need to buy another device ever again. Get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with direct TV stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. You will get the Dallas Mavericks if you live in Dallas, though. You do get Bally Sports. That's the good thing about it. All right, Isaac Harris. So Jason Kidd had some comments over the weekend. I got to talk about him in the post game. I wanted to come together because I think all of this comes together. The, where are the Dallas Mavericks? Are they are they this bad? And now you have the coach. You know, commenting on, on some of these things about how they're built, how this team looks. And this comment just completely came out of left field. I think it was the comment of the weekend. Kevin Gray, our friend Kevin Gray, friend of the pod, Kaboom. was was asking the question that was along the lines of a couple things that had been said earlier. People had been asking, Luca had been asking, Tim Hardaway had been asking Brunson about, all right, the Mavericks hang their heads after they miss shots, and then they go down to the other end of the floor, And they don't play defense. They don't play transition defense or they don't play to the level that Jason Kidd expects or that the Mavericks need to in order to get stops. And so he asked the question, okay, Jason, you've said this 
multiple times to us, to the media. You've he, Jason Kidd has said that probably, I don't know what, four or five times to the media, just post games even. Yeah. You know, not even practices and all that that oh the mavericks you know we hang our he, he keeps saying this we hang our heads you know we'll we'll go down to the other end we, we won't play defense we got to get out of that and so kevin gray asked him how do they get out of this mode why why has that message not made it to the mavericks has not resonated with the mavericks at all and i found his answer very interesting because he kind of doesn't answer it <laughs> he talks about something else Kevin Gray, one of five the fan. Jason, you've talked consistently about this team not hanging their heads when shots aren't falling and making sure that they're still staying locked in defensively. How is that message and why is it that message necessarily resonating the way that it should be given the fact that you've discussed this multiple times, it seems like? Well, that's easy. We're built to play offense. We're not built to play defense. We're built to shoot the ball. And when the ball is not being shot straight, you know, we tend to feel bad for ourselves. But Funny thing is that our opponent doesn't feel bad for ourselves. So we have, we, we have to get out of that mode, understand no one's going to shoot 100%, and that we have to help each other on the defensive end. If not, we're going to, help, you know, we're going to be up and down all season um, and hope that you know, someone can carry us uh, like Luca or KP, and that's just not fair to those two guys. But Jason Kidd answers the question. He says, yeah, we're not built for defense. This team is built for offense when answering the question about how they have not answered the, the response to hanging their heads. This team is built for offense, and so when they miss shots, they do hang their heads because they pride themselves on offense, and you have to. Th this team has to be inspired to play defense. I just found it really interesting because who, who is he targeting in, the, in, this, like, in this answer? Who is he talking to in this answer? I <laughs> Are we sure? <laughs> Are we sure that he moves so many steps ahead in his like answers to where he was thinking about who he was targeting or he was just saying what he he was thinking? Cuz I I think a lot of times Jason Kidd just answers things and it's one of the from a media perspective Kind of appreciate this, the honesty in a lot of the, a lot of these things, but I think uh, how I think some and I could be wrong in this. I'll you know, admit I'm wrong if this is you know the case, but I think some coaches are very very strategic on what they say and a, a narrative and a path that they go down with different things and a answers. I I don't know if Jason Kidd is of that cloth of hey I'm I think he's just gonna say what he feels and. This is what he what what he feels, and I think it's more of an indirect, like people just catching strays on this comment of Donnie Nelson, front office. Um, I mean, you want Cuban. Cuban in the hats, um, wh whoever you want to throw in that. I mean, I mean, Nico hasn't been on the job very very long, but kind of you know through his boss and that too. He's so been through a whole off season. Yeah, and you know the draft and stuff. So I. I thought the comment was was fascinating. <laughs> I saw it. I didn't work that game, and I you know I saw the the quote afterwards. I DM'd it to you, and I was like, "Sheesh!" And you wrote back and you're like, "Hey, we're still talking about this uh, after the game." But like an hour afterwards, yeah. I mean, tell us like you know what you feel, Jason. Yeah, to your point about Jason Kidd using the media, I think we you and I need to stop reading into all these comments a lot because we're used to Rick Carlisle is 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 uh. Tywin Lannister, 
right? <laughs> Game of Thrones, right? Rick Carlisle was using everything, everything in the media, everything that he said in the media for a reason, right? He's like, okay, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna encourage this player. I'm gonna say this to you guys. He he was calculating about it and valued this. I don't think Jason Kidd values the media and using that as a platform, except for to say positive things about players that hopefully they will see. And that's just his prerogative. That's what he wants to do. I don't know if that's right or wrong. I don't know how NBA players necessarily respond if they see everything about what you know their coach says in, in any given media session. Who's, but Jason Kidd kid? is Jason Kidd is Cersei in season seven and eight because she's just doing stuff, right? Just like saying stuff is what it feels like Jason Kidd is doing. But if he's just saying what he feels, then this is what he feels. He feels like this team is not built to play defense. So he comes in to the offseason – his introductory press conference and says, you know what? We're going to play a little defense. And now he's 21 games in and he's saying, you know, we're not built to play defense. <laughs> it's like <laughs> having this realization in real time. that This team is not built to play. Defense. First of all, do you agree with him? I think I don't, I haven't seen anybody disagree with the quote. No, no, I don't, I don't know who's disagreeing with the quote. I think that's why I'm saying is this, he's being honest yeah. and I, he's not wrong because you look at above average defenders on this team. I mean, the list is pretty short. So that's why we did praise the signing of Reggie Bullock at the time. You know, we did look at the depth of Sterling Brown coming off the bench and all that, because this is when you start going. This is why when we had that conversation about Seth Curry and everybody wants to bring up the Seth Curry, you know, trade with Josh Richardson. The whole thing behind the Seth Curry, Josh Richardson thing is, okay. well, we can only have so many below average defenders in our starting units. Like, yeah, Seth, you know, shooting would be amazing. And they swung for it with Josh Richardson thinking, hey, we'll swap these guys out. We'll lose a little bit of offense, but we'll gain a lot of defense in that. And Josh, it just obviously it didn't work out. Remember what the lineup was when that trade happened? It was Luca, Tim Hardaway Jr., Curry, Porzingis and Dwight Powell. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, think about the defense. Who's the best defender in that line? <laughs> Luca. Like, honestly, Porzingis when he was at his peak probably was better. But yeah, honestly, that that lineup is just not good defensively, which is why they made that move. It made sense to us at the time, and it just ended up being an awful, terrible trade because Josh Richardson just didn't work out yeah. in this. And you could say a, a similar thing about the draft, but we'll talk about the draft and the 2020 draft can, and the decision. You can make a similar made. thing with Jameer Nelson and Rondo. In, in all that right. trade yeah. back, sometimes, back in the day. Yeah, sometimes moves just, just don't work out. And sometimes you miss on some stuff. But we'll we'll talk about the draft in the third segment. We have to talk about Desmond Bain and all that. But where, where are the maps going? And is there, is there inability to play defense? Their inability... Okay, so the inability to play defense is one thing. What I saw a lot of people say that I agreed with is, okay, Jason Kidd said we're not built to play defense. The Mavs aren't that good at offense right now either. <laughs> like, well, so they are they are built to play offense, but what's not working for them on that end? Well, the difference is, th- I mean, I, I know a lot of people just want to throw out, it's like, oh, it's the same team, it's the same team, same team. Why are we not, you know, why are we expecting anything different? Well, because the same team was, you know, the best offense in the league, what, two years ago. So, you know. Th- One that of the was, best last year too, top five, I think. Yeah, so like that's the, that's the thing of like, the whole defensive angle I get because they just haven't been great defensively. This, this roster and this same core has basically been really good offensively. We've seen it happen, you know, with these players over the past two seasons. It's just, it obviously just isn't working right now. I mean, I mean, hardly anything's working right now. Yeah. And yes, some of it does come down to injuries. They've missed Porzingis. They've missed Maxi. They've missed Luca. That's not Brunson. Some of it does come. Some of it does come down to that, but 
the way that they've looked outside of that is the Mavs, if they don't have a pick and roll, then it goes back to the the, the Christoph Porzingis comment from a while ago. You know, when Luca wasn't playing, Porzingis said, well, we're out there, and if our pick and roll doesn't work, then we're just trying to figure something out <laughs> so that we, they don't have another thing to go to. And I think that's coaching. I think it comes down to coaching. I think if, if Kidd is saying the team's not built for defense, but it's built for offense, and the Mavericks have the 19th-ranked offense, that's a problem. And, they're, and it's failing in a lot of categories. And it's not just missed threes, right? Missed no. threes does have something to do with it, but it's not just that because when they can't get anything in the pick and roll, nothing else seems to happen with this team. And, and they're starting to enter into this group. I, I know a lot of listeners right now are saying, no, they're already there. Don't even act like they're not. They're starting to enter into it. We're a few game, few more games away for them to be in that group of Indiana, Portland, Sacramento, the group of, okay, something like, some big pieces of this need to be swapped out type of type of group of teams that it's like, Hey, you're not, you're not at the bottom of the barrel. You're like, you're not that bad of a team, but there's some pieces that need to be swapped out and, and moved. And they're, they're pretty close to that. If not already there, there's a lot of teams there. The Hawks seem to be almost in that spot. I mean, the Knicks just, just benched Kimball Walker for good, I, I guess, because they weren't playing to their, to their expectations. So, all right, coming up, We've talked about how this team wasn't built. One of the big things over the weekend was Desmond Bain completely went off. And Mavs Twitter, Reddit, everywhere, YouTube comments have a lot to say about it. We'll talk about the Dallas Mavericks failure with the Desmond Bain draft, but also where else have the Dallas Mavericks failed in the draft? And how does it relate to the team that the Mavs have right now? We'll talk about that coming up. Before we do, let me tell you about Built Bar. I got one. I got a Built Bar in front of me. Opening it. I'm opening it. And I hope that you can just hear. Here's the bar. You hear how soft and chewy that bar is? You can't even hear it when I break it in half. It's not one of those bars you're going to struggle through eating. It's delicious. They're good. They're great. The coconut brownie chunk is the best bar. It's still available right mm-hmm. now. And you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off built.com. Again, coconut brownie chunk. 150 calories, 15 grams of protein, 7 grams of sugar. Locked 15. That's an amazing that's an amazing uh mac those are amazing macros for a bar that tastes this good, that looks this good, that's covered in 100% chocolate. Check it out, built.com. They have all kinds of other flavors. New flavor right now, caramel macchiato. Caramel macchiato. <laughs> caramel almond delight. Caramel almond delight. <laughs> White chocolate cheesecake. Blueberry muffins still available. All kinds of bars. Go check it out. The new arrivals, built.com, promo code LOCKED15. Also, want to tell you about betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to put down some money on sports, to bet, to gamble, to wager. Right now, the uh, the championship week is up right now for college football. If you're a college football fan, um, Alabama is a 13.5 point favorite over Cincinnati. That is wow. a pretty big spread for a for a playoff game. Georgia is an eight-point favorite against Michigan, who's a higher-ranked team right now. Michigan in the big in uh, you know, Michigan technically playing at home against Georgia and Alabama. How are you feeling about those games? Uh, as a huge college football fan that I am not, um, 
I will uh, take Michigan and Alabama in those games. Use the promo code locked fifteen. Use the promo code locked on to get a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Isaac Harris. So over the weekend, the draft was a big topic of conversation. Where the Mavs have failed, you know, we're talking about well, the Mavs team is not built for defense. The Mavs are in a really bad spot right now. And Desmond Bain going off for 29 the other day against the Mavericks in a win when John Morant wasn't there and Luka and KP weren't there for the Mavs. It should have been an equal match, but the Grizzlies nailed the draft a couple of years in a row. And all of a sudden now they have this team that you know can compete even when their best player is not on the court. They've won four games in a row without John Morant. The Mavs can't seem to do that. Mavs are not in a position to do that right now. Desmond Bain was a big miss for the Mavs in the 2020 draft. And postgame... Uh, for Desmond Bain, he uh, was asked about kind of this added motivation, got a little podium game from from Bain here. And uh, I'm just going to read his answer. He said, uh, no question about the added motivation, especially, you know, playing in Dallas. Uh, if you guys didn't know this, he played college ball at TCU, uh, which is you know pretty close to the Mavericks um, stadium organization, all of that. He said, no question. I've always thrived on that. I mean, I'm not a guy that needs a bunch of extra motivation, but I'm definitely motivated to play against the organizations that passed on me. I mean, there's 29 of them. I went 30th. So every game, especially the ones like Dallas, the ones that I thought would be good fits and were showing me interest through the pre-draft process right in my backyard. I love, did y'all know that he played in his backyard? They showed him interest? That's what he said. Okay. Um, Some would say, that Dallas didn't have any interest in, but he said that they did. So I love where I'm at, but if there was a number two, it probably would have been here. Mm. He says, so I'm just glad that we got the win tonight. Let me just say that he went on to have a, a, a direct quote about uh, Josh green of saying, Hey, Josh green went up, you know, went before me, uh, but I don't, I don't think he played tonight. And uh, <laughs> he said, but that's on them. You know, he's worried Jeez. about me. A uh, little drive by right there by Desmond Bain, but you know what? I don't. I don't blame Desmond Bain. If I'm Desmond Bain, no. I'm probably answering those questions just like that. Like, yep. let me let me get a little little shot in there, um, but uh, also be respectful at the same time. I, I thought it was a great answer by him. Yeah, absolutely. And the Mavs that 2020 draft is just going to haunt them, and it's been the topic of conversation because of everything you said in the first segment. Mavericks team had expectations. They had Luca. They had KP. They had. This team that was, okay, we have expectations now. We're expected to make the playoffs. We're expected to now win in the first round because that's the goal. And now you have this 2020 draft where you have three picks in the top 36, 37, and you're expected to come away with at least, to me it was at least one rotation player. At least. That was the, the that was I would have been ecstatic if the Mavericks came away with one rotation player before the draft. I, I think that was the thing that I kept saying. Yeah, And it seems like the Mavericks haven't come away with one at all. And it was on full display against Memphis when when uh, Desmond Bain said those comments. Yeah, well, it's just the, you know, there's only been one first round pick after we've drafted Luka. And you just look at draft picks after Luka in general, you know, after Luka, the same draft, they got Jalen Brunson, incredible pick, you know. One of the Great. first picks of the second round. I mean, that's the I, Desmond I, Bain of his draft, right? Like that's yeah, the guy and, that other people probably say, "Dang, why do we miss on that guy?" And I don't even mess around with second round picks when it comes to like, hey, you know, whether we judge teams or not, because they're just such a shot in the dark. Let's just you know blindfold ourselves, spin around three times, and throw the dart at the dartboard type thing. 
it's the first rounders that I think deserve a lot of criticism. But after that draft, you know, they didn't have the pick after Luca's draft because they used it to, to get Luca in 2018. So yep. then bam, it's like 20, you know, 2020 was the first draft, you know, post Luca. That's like, all right, time to add to the Luca core here. And you get Josh green. We know all the conversation about the Josh green versus Sadiq Bay thing on that draft night. Uh, Josh green, you know, won out on that. And it's like, I, I just want to say this. I, I don't, I'm getting. It's getting to a point where I feel bad for Josh Green personally. Yeah, because, really. I mean, this is, this has nothing to do with him. And man, it, it's become like a story to where it's just all about like how bad he sucks and how he's not playing and all this. And it's like, yeah, he needs to improve, but he can't help. You know what the franchise you know did and stuff. And you know they they swung for it with Green and obviously didn't work out. And that's where we're at. And he's barely played too. Right? He hasn't really even gotten a chance. I'm, I'm not sure if he got a chance, he'd be able to prove everybody wrong, prove the doubters wrong, and prove that he would be a yeah, solid he pick. Good. But he's played less than 500 minutes <laughs> in the Man. NBA so far. Like he's not played a lot at all. And, and I, I brought up, you know, after the the Grizzlies game, it's like, hey, listen, I've been the, I've been there saying Josh Green isn't solving everything. You know, some fans are like just clamoring, where is Josh Green? I was actually kind of in that camp against Memphis. I'm like, why is he not playing? Like, why, yeah, why in a was... game like this that Luca, KP, and every, you know these guys are not playing? Why can't you know Josh Green see minutes in a game like that? I didn't fully understand that. But do, what, what do you what do you take from that? Does that does Josh Green not playing in a game against against Memphis like that where Luca and KP are both out? Okay, so t- two the top two players in your rotation are out, and Josh Green still even can't get any minutes in a game like that. What does that t- does that tell you? The coach doesn't believe in him. Does that tell you that? The coach felt like they really needed to win. And so the top, you know, the rest, the two, the, the three through nine or 10 players in the rotation had to play a lot more because they were trying to win really bad. I, I just think Jason's really trying to like keep true to his rotations. Like I, I made a note on that pod saying I was surprised like Tim didn't start. And it's like Luca, KP, you know, like they're not playing. Yeah. We need all the offense we can. And, you know, Tim still didn't start. So he was really staying true to the rotations of like, hey, Tim moved to the bench. We're going to keep him on the bench, keep that kind of bench unit, except we'll move Brunson to the starting unit. So I just think he wanted to try to stay to that rotation. And even after the game, somebody asked, I forgot who it was, of like, hey, you know, Josh, Eugene, you know, Moses didn't get any minutes in this game. Why not? And he just, you know, paraphrasing here that, hey, well, there's only so many minutes in a game. We just didn't find minutes for him. And it's a basketball game. They're basketball players. They're basketball players in that. So there's a lot of other. Uh, the, the one thing that makes it surprising to me is that he specifically mentioned Josh Green as a player that in his introductory press conference as a game, as a player he wanted to develop. You know, we're going to come yeah. in and develop players like Josh Green. Somebody okay. found that tweet. Of, I tweeted that quote from Kid, and somebody found it on Twitter the other day. And, was, you know, after that game, I was like, hey, what about this? And like, I, that apparently isn't working. But, yeah. So, hopefully hopefully what happens, Luka and KP both come back and they're, <laughs> they're healthy because the Dallas Mavericks have coming up this week uh, Brooklyn on Tuesday, back-to-back Memphis at Memphis on Wednesday. That Brooklyn game is a home game, by the way, on TNT. It's a big one. Uh, if the Mavericks get embarrassed in that one, it's it's going to be another night of like Barkley and and Shaq clowning the maps and all kinds of stuff. Porzingis yeah. for not posting up everything. Then for, then Wednesday at Memphis, so hopefully a revenge game for the Mavericks. It's a must needed revenge game. Then Friday at Indiana, first time Luca and Rick have faced off. It won't be in mm. Dallas, but it'll be at Indiana. And then Sunday at Oklahoma City. So the Memphis, Indiana, Oklahoma City. Those are not. 
hard games. Right? Those are not super tough opponents right now. Uh, I was just looking at our Lockdown Pacers host, and his uh, his personal title of the episode was The Pacers Might Suck <laughs> today. It wasn't the one that he posted, but it was his, <laughs> his, uh, his comment. So that team is not doing well right now. Brooklyn is is the obviously the best team in that group, but it'll be an interesting test for the Mavs. And the thing that we don't know, we're recording this at 10, you know, 1030, basically on uh, on Texas Sunday night time, is, you know, we don't know the status. You guys should know this by the time this drops on Monday or at least at some point on Monday about Luca and KP moving forward. You know, KP had the left knee contusion that popped up before Friday's game. At first, it was like, oh, OK, he's just going to set out the front end of the back to back. He sets out Friday. Then he sets out Saturday. <laughs> And it's like, all right, so how long is this going to, you know, to last? Will he play Tuesday against the Nets? And then Luca's lingering ankle issue. Um, if you want to hear from Kid, I put it on yesterday's pod, kind of updating on both of those. But we should get an update on Monday. Uh, they should have practice on Monday. It took Sunday off, but should get something on Monday. Yeah, this next stretch of games is, is probably pretty good for the Mavericks. They just went a, a really tough stretch, and then hopefully everybody will be healthy and the Mavericks will be able to to bounce back and then we'll be flying high at the end of, the end of that hey, stretch so but we thought the same thing about that pelicans that second pelicans game it's like we beat the crap out of pelicans then we go well, yeah pelicans pelicans memphis without job memphis without job indiana oklahoma city that seemed like a really easy stretch and then you know injuries happen yep we will talk we will break down that brooklyn game we'll talk about some more stuff with the dallas mavericks every single day thanks for making lockdown Mavs your first listen every single day now make your second listen locked on fantasy basketball josh lloyd holding you down with the greatest stuff guys thanks so much for listening to lockdown maps so boom